Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific stocks are trading mixed this morning with Australia leading the way up by 0.24%. Korea is up by 0.04% and Japan is slightly underwater at 0.08%. Now, US markets were closed overnight for the Thanksgiving holiday and they will also have a shortened trading session tonight. Now, let's bring in Ryan Huang to discuss the latest headlines that's catching our attention. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Dan. How's it going? Good so far. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Friday morning. Now, Ryan, let's start off with what's happening around the region. Now, it's finally official. Pakatan Harapan Chairman Anwar Ibrahim's sworn in as Malaysia's 10th Prime Minister yesterday. And this makes history. I mean, the appointment caps a more than 20-year wait for the former Deputy Prime Minister, who has been the opposition leader for two decades amid jail terms and political coup. So, how has the market reacted to this news and what does this mean for the economy going forward? Yeah, it's interesting to see how markets are starting to have optimism and this is perhaps after so much limbo that's been causing investors to try to scratch their heads and just figure out what is actually going on with Malaysian politics so hmm. you now have a bit more clarity on what Ibrahim like you pointed out is the new Prime Minister um, still it's going to be a few challenges to watch out for in the meantime, we have positive reactions when it comes to Malaysian markets mm. in the uh, Thursday action. That saw the markets in Malaysia surging the most in over two years. Wow. And we saw the KLCI index rallying 4% on Thursday. Among mm-hmm. the leaders, we saw gaming and brewery companies, including Genting Malaysia, Sports Total, Magnum Berhardt, Carlsberg Brewery Malaysia. All of them rose as we saw the Pro Malay Islamist Alliance. Perakatan National losing out on its bid to form the government. So perhaps some relief buying there. And looking at the ringgit, that also did well. The ringgit traded 1.9% higher against the US dollar to 4.4897. That is its best showing since 2015. Mm. And this is uh, going to be one to watch out for in the coming days and coming weeks or months as we see Anwar Ibrahim's new government and leadership being tested because it is built on a rather fragile foundation. Uh, bear in mind that there was no outright majority winner for the parliament seats. Right. So it is after a bit of um, deal-making and part of the deal involves many different groups of people. So there will be a question around power sharing. How is the government going to be split in terms of who gets what positions, which minister will come from where. Mm. So he will have a tough time trying to appease the majority Malays, Amno, while trying to keep his coalition allies happy. So you have the different values and different interests at play here. So it's going to be a tough balancing act for him to figure out who to put in his cabinet to ensure that different parties have a say enough for them to be happy. And then you have the internal politics in Amno. So there is infighting there. This is as we look at the potential for his chief Ahmad Zahid Hamadi, who is also the Barisan national boss. Mm. You've got a group within Amno trying to push him out. So if that happens come the General Assembly on December 21st, if he loses his job, that could create more turmoil for Anwar Ibrahim's leadership because 
you could see potential replacements who may not be as willing to work with Anwar Ibrahim's coalition if we see a change at the top for AMNO or Barisa National. Right. And you also have the anti-corruption push uh, that is also playing out in terms of a narrative. So you have AMNO part of the government now, but at the same time, this was one of the big reasons why Najib Razak was thrown into jail. Mm. So he's already starting his 12-year prison term for his involvement with the YMDB saga. Um, so you have the Anwar Ibrahim multiracial coalition trying to crack down on corruption, going after AMNO leaders. But at the same time, AMNO is part of this new administration. So yeah. there's conflicts of sorts playing mm. out that he will have to grapple with. Yeah. And you also have different manifestos and pledges that he might have to compromise on. For one, he has promised a future for all Malays and Malaysians so there is more equality, so to speak. But traditionally, when you look at some of the other parties, there is a Bumiputra policy where Malays, native Malays or indigenous communities enjoy a special position. So that is something they, they have to also balance as well. And on top of that, something that everyone or every country and economy is trying to grapple with is the rising cost of living and all the pressures that comes with a potential global recession. So that's something that is going to mean he has a lot of work to do before people get, un- get unhappy with uh, what could be perceived as a lack of progress. Right. So have a lot on his plate, a lot of work cut out for him before well, <laughs> his next parliament seating, which is December 19, where he's actually going to be calling for a vote for confidence in his leadership. So you have roughly three weeks to go before we might get another turning point. Right. Well, that's a very good analysis of everything. And yes, thank you for that, Ryan. It's certainly a relief for investors as well because now they've gotten some clarity and certainty on the leadership, especially since the fact that it's been dragged on for so long. Now, Ryan, why not let's just shift our attention now to the FTX fallout. And, you know, it's caused quite a bit of stir in the crypto market. And in its latest build-up, Binance is making news today. Just yesterday, Binance announced new details about its industry Recovery Fund, which aims to prop up struggling players in the wake of FTF's bankruptcy. Now, they said that they will be devoting $1 billion in initial commitments. Now, is this enough to address the cascading contagion effects of FTX collapse? It's interesting to see the fine print behind this recovery fund. So, you mentioned $1 billion. Bear in mind, this is in the form of Binance's own stablecoin called BUSD. So it is something that is pretty much what Binance created itself, but it is worth $1 billion right now. So Mm. where it is in future could be a different value. So that is one question mark. Uh, So far, you also have investors uh, contributing to this besides Binance. And that comes in the form of a few um, venture caps. And already he is saying, some applicants have already showed interest. Around 150 companies have applied for support from the fund. Wow. So the way, I guess, to look at this is you need a healthy ecosystem for Binance to thrive in. And Mm. maybe with its leadership that it's showing now, it can have a bit of position to create standards and consolidate its um, leadership as well to make changes that it needs to do and also, I guess, reassure investors that things can be okay for the cryptocurrency world because right now, there's just so much 
fear and concern that things could take a turn for the worse. The, everyone's asking who will be the next FTX. Everyone's already asking who might be the next Three Arrows Capital. So you've got all these questions that investors are struggling with. So Binance trying to reassure investors with his recovery fund could go some way to lending confidence or at least bringing back some confidence to the industry. Mm. And it, it actually got me thinking because I believe that Binance has been making a lot of news about being a big leader in this space. Do you see any other companies that's able to step up like like Binance and to provide this support that the crypto space need as well? Like for example, Crypto.com. Yeah, Crypto.com is one of the big names. Uh, you might remember it being in the news earlier this year mm. for paying for the naming rights for the what was previously the Staples Center Stadium where the LA Lakers play basketball. Yeah. So this is um, possible if they want to throw their hat in the ring. But Binance, of course, has been one of the more public profile companies which have been making a lot of headlines. Uh, so it could see more help coming through maybe after they paved the way for other collaborators to right. also be part of this um, conversation. Right, right. And thank you so much for that. Well, Ryan, it's Friday, so I'm thinking maybe we could end things on a lighter or happier note. So let's now talk Pokemon. Now, Nintendo recently said that its latest Pokemon games have set sales record at the Japanese gaming giant as it continues to pump up blockbusters ahead of its crucial holiday season. And sales of the Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet games surpassed 10 million units in the first three days since their global launch on November 18th. That's just uh, last week, if I'm not wrong. So talk to us about the significance of this achievement and does this suggest that the gaming industry remains steadfast even amid the possibility of inflation and recession? Yeah, it does look that way if you just focus on Nintendo. Mm. Um, Pokemon, though, is a very strong title, a AAA title, so you have to take that into account. So it is, as you pointed out, one of the big successful titles by Nintendo. And every time a new title comes out, you have a crowd of fans waiting to buy it. And this is yeah. what's happening right now, again. Um, but if you look at the video game industry, it's been quite mixed. We had the likes of Take-Two earlier in the month talking about how headwinds will be in store for industry. Um, this is also being faced by many other companies mm. because of the changing consumer patterns. Many of them now looking elsewhere to spend their time, for example, yeah. traveling, going out of the house to work to play so no longer staying at home as much so that's one factor but at the same time you have the likes of Nintendo and EA has also been talking about some of its um, titles doing well so it seems to be a case of how some selected titles seem to be able to be more sticky and catch the crowd to continue playing them so that's something that will mean investors in the video game industry will have to be more selective and also representative of what's playing out in the stock markets. You have to be more selective in the coming year going by what a lot of um, analysts have been saying. It's not as easy to pick your stocks because the days of easy money is gone. So looking at the fundamentals will be more important. Who can pass on the costs? As For example, as we see cost pressures rise and build up for many companies. So that's, I think, a bit of a microcosm of what's playing out 
in the wider stock market. Yeah, and I believe that Nintendo is something that resonates very deeply. And I mean, when I was young, I played a lot of Nintendo games from the lines of Zelda to Mario and even Pokemon. Ryan, do you play Pokemon or any Nintendo? I don't play as much as mm. before. So that thing is a problem. How do you get back these players like me into the game who have moved on to other stuff. Ah, maybe you need to take a break from work as well, right? <laughs> well, anyways, thank you so much, Ryan, for the great analysis of these stories. Now, before I let you go, it's Black Friday. So what's on your shopping list? I am actually <laughs> trying not to buy anything because I spent all my money on Singles Day. Oh, dear. All right, I'll, I will try not to spend as well because I'll be going on a holiday over the weekend. Ah. But yes, um, hopefully you are able to grab some good deals over this Black Friday. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.